Hello, I'm Jennifer Ristine with RC Spirituality in Magdala. Joining us for this interview is Father Juan Solana, a Legionary of Christ. In 2006, he was invited by the Vatican to be chargé of the Pontifical Institute of Notre Dame, which is a guest house, but also a training center for hospitality for the local people. This is located right outside the city walls of Old Jerusalem. Little did he know back then that his adventures would lead him to the north of near the Sea of Galilee, and he would be part of the project that uncovered ancient Magdala, at least the northern side of the town, where we find a first century synagogue, several uh, purification baths, and many other treasures. So I hope you enjoy this interview, hearing his own experience of um, how he came about discovering this wonderful place and how it developed, as well as how Mary Magdalene has influenced his own life. Just wanted to start with, how are you doing in this time of uh, this, this uh, difficult situation with no pilgrims? On the one hand, we are very happy. This is a great vacation time. <laughs> Galilee during the spring was so beautiful, silence, no pollution, tons of flowers, birds. It was Galilee as everyone should dream to see it. The other hand is very sad and very, very scary because we don't have uh, work and we don't have income and we have all the expenses, fixed expenses running up every hour. Mm. So God will provide. Mm -hmm. He has provided always. It will continue to provide. Yeah, I think that's what always impressed me about um, your faith is that you understood God's providence in a very tangible way. You, you experienced it so many times in your life. I did not understood it. I just experienced it. Yeah, that's it. So when you, when you think back on how Magdala began the uncovering of the synagogue in 2009, and even just your own desire to um, build a guest house on the Sea of Galilee, how do you look back on that and see God's providence that you stumbled across ancient Magdala? Look, for me, it has been something extremely, uh, I would say, natural in the sense that uh, God never will come as a kind of angel. I'm here, I want to do this and that. But some things that happened uh, as God wants them to happen. So uh, I got this idea of uh, having a guest house by the Sea of Galilee or wherever in Galilee, because that would complete our service in the Holy Land. That was initially the practical aspect of this project, to, get, to have a guest house that eventually will complement the guest house in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And with that, we would be all set to minister to pilgrims during their whole stay in, uh, in Israel, in the Holy Land. Mm. With that in mind, I started to look for a place and, uh, and, and here is where I really discover an amazing providential uh, path 
because without knowing from my side that all all that had that God had store for me, you know, I just followed my, my instinct, my desires, my my whatever. <laughs> and uh, later on, I realized that uh, it was something prepared well in advance by divine providence and by Jesus himself for us, for women, for the church, for all Christians and for all humanity. Mm -hmm. So can, kind of connecting those dots as you look back and see God's hand. Um, growing up, I'm sure I know you grew up in a religious family, your mother, it's, I remember you mentioned once, uh, really was important in transmitting the faith. But what about this devotion to Mary Magdalene, or at least your idea of her? Do you see as you were growing up, um, you had any, was she on the radar for you, or she kind of befriended you in a later time of life? I need to make a correction, first of all. Uh, my parents were equally involved and exemplar in transmitting their faith to me and to the whole family. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something that I realized recently that uh, I have spoken very, very little about my father, but he used to attend daily mass. He used to pray the whole rosary every day. He used to have spiritual exercises in yearly basis and retreats. He was incredibly involved in the Marian congregations, in uh, many, many activities. So I think that uh, I have to be fair and to underline that uh, the two of them were uh, amazing parents and uh, good Christian people. And they transmitted very spontaneously their beliefs and their, their values. Mm. Now, said that, uh, and straight to the point of Mary Magdalene, maybe I referred to you, I don't know, but it's, it's written in the book on the Magdala project that um, my mom had a very uh, deep experience. First of all, you have to consider that we are 13 siblings. Yeah. And so the only vacation my mom had for many, many years was the, the spiritual retreat she used to, to make every year. Yeah. And uh, in one of those retreats, I don't know exactly what of them, around the year 1950, 1952, something like that, she said, she told me when I was novice, I was at the beginning of my, my vocation. Um, she told me that uh, in one of those retreats, the last night, the preacher addressed them in a very beautiful and very strong meditation on the apparition of Jesus to Mary Magdalene after the resurrection. Okay. She said that uh, that meditation was so deep, so powerful for her. She was really touched. She was moved by that meditation. It was by night, so eventually she went to bed. 
she woke up next morning and she said, oh my gosh, I, I want to go to the chapel. I want to continue with this meditation. And while she was making the bed, very carefully because a cousin of her was sharing the, the room with her, she said that she heard God's voice in her heart. She heard only one word while meditating on that apparition. She heard Mary. She said it was a second. I do not know whether I heard it with my ears, my imagination, my in, in intelligence, or the whole of, of myself, but it was a second, and with that second, I experienced once and for all the love of God for me. Beautiful. So that moment became the pivotal moment of her life. He said, she said, uh, afterwards, in every moment of uh, trouble, problems, difficulties, joys, success, whatever, I just went back to that moment and to refresh and to remember how deeply I experienced the love of God. Mm-hmm. Now, I was novice, I was 19 when my mom told me that. Eventually, she wrote me uh, that later on when I was, uh, after my, my priestly ordination, I asked my mom if she would like to, to write for me the special graces she had received in her life. Uh, uh, there is a reason I asked for that gift. Anyway, she started saying, uh, my little Johnny, I would need to write every single second of my life because I have experienced always a tremendous love from God and uh, providence and lights. And I, I cannot, I cannot uh, start even with this uh, writing, but I will try. <laughs> and she wrote about her parents, the uh, family environment, her marriage many people who had been, who were for her very, very important and so forth and so on. And in between, she also came back to that moment uh, about that meditation on the apparition of Jesus, the risen Lord to Mary Magdalene. Now, for this, uh, Mary Magdalene stayed in the back of my mind. You can imagine whenever I read something about her, it was like a, she's my acquaintance. Okay. Uh, whenever I heard meditations or the, the celebration of the Holy Mass or the Gospels or whatever, I said, I know this person, you know. Um, and so it, it, it came out that uh, we came over to Galilee for the first time and we were passing by here and the, the priest who, who was uh, taking us, he said, you know, here is Magdala. Oh my goodness, is this the, the Mary Magdalene's hometown? And he said, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, are we going to visit that? And he said, no, there is nothing to see. 
Oh my goodness. In fact, the, the sign on the street was funny. It was uh, Hawaii Beach Magdala. As you well know, uh, it was a kind of very old fashioned resort called Hawaii Beach. Mm-hmm. And next door, it was a property of the Franciscans, but it was closed and it was very much abandoned. In fact, all the, the, the bushes and earth and palm trees and everything grew up there. You barely could see the property. Hmm. Anyway, we continue our journey uh, towards the Mount of Beatitudes. We spent there the first night by the Sea of Galilee. I remember that, that beautiful night. Everything, the sky, the moon, the, the waves of the Sea of Galilee during the night and so forth and so on. So next morning I woke up very early in the morning. I went down at the Peter's Primacy and uh, I was looking at the sunrise and a fisherman came with his little boat, no? <laughs> and just a couple of yards away, he started to throw his nets in front of me. Oh my goodness, it was too much for me. You know, uh, you can imagine as a young priest mm-hmm. at the Sea of Galilee for the first time, looking at the sunrise, beautiful sunrise, mm-hmm. with a fisherman there just... Uh, casting his nets, oh my goodness, it was too much. (laughs) So that morning, it was November 16th, 2004. That morning, I I started to dream. I I would like to do something in Galilee. Mm -hmm. And this later on was linked with the need or the convenience of having a guest house in Galilee to complete our ministry with the Notre Dame Center in Jerusalem. Anyway, I started to dream and it was, uh, now I can say it was really a motion from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I I don't doubt anything because I was was like a a little baby dreaming his vacation time. I was, you know, kind of, oh my gosh, what can I do here? This is beautiful. And eventually I went back to Jerusalem and I kept dreaming for, for weeks, you know, remembering that morning. It was so powerful and so beautiful. Anyway, in February, my superiors came over from Rome and I told them I would like to do something in Galilee. You know, they, I imagine. They thought this guy is crazy. Uh, but eventually they say, okay, well, look around, uh, get uh, information or, you know. Mm-hmm. And I started immediately. I talked with a couple of people telling the idea. And by chance, I met uh, on Easter week, I met the custos of the Holy Land. Mm-hmm. who is the superior of the Franciscans here, very important person. And I told him at the end of the meeting, I was accompanying the, the nuncio in Jerusalem to visit him for Easter. I was uh, at the end of this meeting, I approached him and said, you know, I would like to do something in Galilee and this and that. 
just very general idea. And right after that, he said, you know, there is a piece of land on sale uh, in Galilee. Um, uh, they approach us saying that they want to sell, but we, we cannot afford that. We are not interested. If you would like, go ahead. So I asked him, and where is that? He said, this is Magdala. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. At that moment, <laughs> I start to connect the dots. Yeah. So I, I told him, please give me uh, directions to get there. And he said, you know, you go to Tiberias and you go up north to this, uh, around the Sea of Galilee and you will see a sign is the Hawaii beach. Wow. So, oh my goodness, I saw that. I know, I know exactly and perfectly where is that. Mm -hmm. And so this moment, this referral from the Custos, it was really a, a, a big uh, a confirmation, almost. Not confirmation. Uh, no, dream. Confirmation. It was like a enlightening, big enlightening, mm -hmm. and, and there I saw all these connected dots, and I said, "Oh my goodness, there is something serious here." And also, I remember. Uh, the story of my mom and I remember many other things about uh, Mary Magdalene I put all of them together mm -hmm. and so next morning I got my car five o'clock in the morning and I drove all the way to to see this Hawaii beach to go in and to ask for it and I love the place I love the everything even though it was horrible mm -hmm. because the Hawaii beach was abandoned, horrible, had destroyed plenty of cats and rats and whatever. <laughs> but I, I really like the place. And uh, at that moment, uh, somehow I took the decision, this is it. And I will go forward to, to, to buy this land no matter what. Sometimes uh, you could seem like a, a lone ranger doing things. Um, this first visit to the Hawaii beach happened on uh, March 31st, 2005. Okay. So uh, I went back to Jerusalem. I don't remember it was that very day or next day. And I wrote to Father Alvaro, our general superior at that time, and I asked him for a meeting. Following week, he wrote me an email. He said, okay, you can come this weekend. It was the weekend uh, uh, when it happened, the, the, the beginning, the opening mass of the conclave okay. who elected Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Mm -hmm. So the day before Saturday evening, I got a meeting with the General Council. I explained them my vision, the idea. Uh, I showed them a couple of pictures, very simple things they have. I didn't have too much information, not even the cost of the land, nothing, but the idea and the vision, and right away father alvaro told me okay father 
go, go ahead, you get my approval, but you have to take care of everything. We don't have money available, we don't have anything. You have to do the whole thing. Uh, I have to say, and since we are now talking, I, I, I know and I suppose very much for Renum Christi people, that that was the, the most important moment for me on this project, because when Father Alvaro told me, okay, I approve this idea, uh, for me, in my heart, the whole thing changed drastically. Mm. Till that point, it had been my idea, my desire, or my instinct, or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. With the approval of my superiors, it is God's will. Mm. And so, if God wants this, he will bless me. Mm. I think that, that at that very moment, I just put all the accelerator and said, this is it. I have to go and God will bless me. So uh, that was in uh, April 16, I think, 16, 17. And ever since I start to fundraise and to present this project and to try to, to get the funds to buy the land and uh, to start writing this beautiful story. Just looking back again and thinking of um, the vision that continued to develop in Magdala uh, with what you were hoping that the pilgrims would experience there, is there any link there to your mother's meditation on Mary Magdalene and her own experience of God's love? Because I remember many times um, that desire in your heart uh, that, that people really do have an encounter with Jesus in Magdala. Um, can you share a little bit how that vision developed? Uh, since the first moment when I went for the first time to the Hawaii beach, I realized this is a sacred place, this is a holy site. And so this holy site is related not only for Catholics, mm -hmm. it's related to all Christians. Mm -hmm. And I had very clear immediately the idea this has to be an interreligious, interfaith, ecumenical, interdenominational, I don't know how you call it in the States place and we have to foster very much this welcoming uh, attitude to everyone who believes in Christ and who loves Christ because this is Christian heritage, not only Catholic heritage, Christian heritage. That was very, very clear. First. Second, the very first idea, even before knowing uh, the Hawaii beach, I don't know why, I dream to build something somehow between the land and the Sea of Galilee. Mm. Like a boat, something to preach there where, where Jesus used to preach. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, uh, I, I also realized in those initial months of my ministry in the Holy Land, 
something very simple to me, but uh, I realize now that it was a big, a big uh, dot on this, uh, this uh, process. Mm -hmm. I realized that uh, Jesus spent most of the time of his public ministry preaching, mm -hmm. talking with people, consoling, explaining the parables, being with them, but actively involved with them, healing. And it seemed to me in those initial months that nowhere in the Holy Land that had been properly portrayed. Mm. So I said, if I do a shrine here in this holy site or whatever, mm -hmm. I will devote it to the public ministry of Jesus as preacher. When I discovered that eventually we could build this idea in Magdala, mm -hmm. and much more after we eventually bought the first plot of Magdala, I said, this idea of the public ministry of Jesus has to be very much connected with the women of the gospel, mm -hmm. Mary Magdalene, but not only Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene appears a number of times in the gospels, mm -hmm. and she always appears as leader of a group of women. And so I said, this has to be absolutely related mm -hmm. to this group of women, the women that followed Jesus, that ministered to him, that supported his ministry, not only financially, which is very obvious by the, the text of Luke 8, mm -hmm. but also the, the personal involvement in the, in the uh, preaching of the kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. Sometimes yes. one can think, you know, of course, a group of women, they were washing their clothes and cooking for them. No way. No way. I'm pretty convinced that they were evangelizers. Mm -hmm. They were involved with Jesus and you can get hints here and there about this active involvement in the preaching of the kingdom of God. 